right, so how many of you are having an awesome time in the Holy Ghost? We had an amazing time this morning, man. There was just a peace and just some crazy prophetic words happened tonight or, or this morning. How about, how about last night? I love the salt and pepper word, man. I love that word. <laughs> and I, I just believe Jesus is uh, going to continue speaking because he's intimate. Jesus is personal. And He cares about each and every one of you to such a degree that He'll speak directly to you. Amen? Amen. There's a purpose and a plan for every person's life. And the more you hear His voice, the more the real you gets unveiled to the world. What I am today didn't exist 20 years ago. Not even close. My wife can attest to that. (laughs) Amen? But... Continuing, I just want to talk for a few minutes um, about, you know, the woman who was caught in adultery, right? The scripture says that the Pharisees caught her in the act. They actually went searching for somebody who was breaking the law. And they brought her before, they brought her before Jesus, testing him whether or not he would confirm the law of Moses, right? And it says that they actually picked up stones... They were ready to literally stone her to death because of her breaking the rules. But it was the mercy of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the very place that Jesus himself sits on, his throne called the mercy seat, that caused him to function in in a different spirit, in a supernatural force, right? The, The scripture says that Jesus stooped down instead of stoning her, Jesus, who is the living word, right? The cornerstone, the, the true rock, the one who actually uh, releases the supernatural force of heaven. He actually stooped down and began writing in the dirt, right? And we, we, we talked last night about this supernatural force um, through Christ that actually changes the direction of a person's life. By reaching down and beginning to write in a person's dirt. Anybody have any dirt? Anybody uh, been rolling around in the mud lately? You see, Jesus, because you don't have the power within you, and oftentimes able to come to Him, He stoops down. My God. Our Savior knows our limits and meets us in the place where we're at. He stoops down and reaches in and begins to write on our dirt. And what he's actually doing is rewriting your destiny. He's actually erasing what the world defined you as and boxed you in and limited you to. And he actually writes the true um, identity of what you really are. You see, she wasn't an adulteress. She may have had a childhood or a situation that caused her to run out into the world and couldn't find love and was broken and defeated. But Jesus didn't blame her for her past. He looked at her from what she was destined to be and reached down and began to erase what the world says she, she was. You're not an adulterer. You're a lover. You are one destined to to be a child of God. And he, He rewrites her destiny. Isn't that amazing? 
Anybody had their destiny rewritten? <laughs> I had mine rewritten, man. I shook. I, when, when, when I was in my 20s, I had such fear and anxiety. I shook when I stood in front of people. I used to shake. I, they, they, used to, they nicknamed me Niagara. Because I, because I sweat was so bad and I was scared in, to speak in front of people. And Jesus came down and he rewrote my, my, my destiny. That's why when he came to, the, the night I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I told her last night, he came and sat beside me in my room and spoke to me all night long and kept asking me the question, will you speak for me? And in my heart, I knew I was so afraid to speak in front of people that I, I was thinking there's no way. There, there's absolutely no way. But he rewrote. He, he reached into my mud, my dirt, and he rewrote. You know, Satan, who was destined to, to lick the dirt of the earth, that's what men are made of, right? Adam was, Adam was formed out of the dirt. Satan was destined to eat the dirt. And Jesus comes down to step on the head of the serpent and says, no longer will you have control and power over these people that are made out of dirt. I have power over the dirt. I write their destinies. I stoop down into their life in places where they don't even know they need me. I search them out. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that bring a joy to your life? Your Savior searches you out. You don't even know your, your, the depth of your need. And he comes and searches you out. And he rewrites your destiny. That blows my mind. My God loves me to such a degree that he hunted me down. He literally hunted me. He let me do all the stupid things. But in the reality, he was chasing me. He was, stu- he was stooped down and reached into my life and did something to me that I couldn't do myself. He launched me. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. That's crazy. Your Savior reaches into your life. So if you think that you're the one in control and it's all about your ideas and all that kind of stuff, my God. My God, reach into my life and launch me into what I'm called to be and to do. He loves us. Amen. You know what I love about this church? What Cricket and Jen do in this place is they truly function in this mercy that Christ functioned in. You don't find that everywhere. Okay? You don't find places where there's a care for people before the rules. You see, the Pharisees and the religious people were more concerned about the rules than they were for people. They, they needed to make themselves look righteous and, 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 and appear to be greater than anybody who came to the door. But that's not the way Jesus does it. And, you know, we had some crazy things happen in here. Supernatural deliverances and things happen in here. We were only supposed to be here for an hour. We ended up here for three, three and a half hours. And just the Lord just was speaking. He was speaking and supernatural things started happening. But... 12, 12, 30 comes. I think the job is over, but the Lord says, no, I'm just starting. I'm just starting. And along comes this man named Poe, right? You guys name, you know, Poe, Poe walks through the door and forgive me, Poe, but I'm a, can I tell the story? Poe walks in, he's drunk. 
And you know, if there was a Pharisee in charge, that Pharisee would have been beaten on Poe. Stop drinking. Stop drinking, Poe. Don't you know better? Stop drinking. Straighten your life out, Poe. But you know, some people don't have the power within them to overcome the degree of the darkness that's upon them. Are you with me? So the power of the prophetic utterance is that the utterance, the one called the spirit of prophecy, is actually designed to speak into the darkness. Does life not begin when the Lord speaks into the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend, meaning stop the light? The dark that no longer was the darkness in charge, but the light overtakes the darkness. So the mercy of God is actually the platform by which the voice of God is launched into people's lives. Cricket comes up, he grabs me and he says, hey, can you pray for Poe? Okay. So we start praying for Poe. And all of a sudden a vision comes. Come here, Poe. Come up here and stand stand with me. You see Poe, you see Poe, and I'm just going to, Poe's fallen off the wagon a few times in his life, right? Poe can't, Poe couldn't stop what he couldn't stop. But here's the deal. There was a word of knowledge that came forth that whenever Poe was a young child, he was locked in a closet. And when that word came forth, Poe broke and he fell down. He was locked in a dark place. And you know, Poe never left that dark place. And you may, be, have, looked, you may have looked at Poe for years and said, why can't Poe stop that junk? Poe was locked in a dark place. And it took a prophetic utterance to unlock that door and pull Poe out into the light and say, Poe, you're no longer bound in the darkness. The Lord has called you into the light. Come on, man. Is there a, can, can you feel the power of the Holy Spirit that's upon you? Do you can, can you understand why Paul said, I pray that you all prophesy. That you all reach into the darkness of people's lives and pull them out of closets. That they would be bound in the light and no longer bound in the dark. Didn't Jesus say, Behold, I give you authority to tread on the serpent? He also said, Whatever you bind on earth has been already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And those who flow in the gift of prophecy have the power to reach and actually find pose. You have the power to actually hunt down the pose of the world. Reach in and pull them out of dark places. And this is what I hear, Poe, it's different this time. You may have tried and out of your own willpower tried to stop, but that was, that was out of your own emotion. This time the Lord has pulled you out of that dark place. This time the Lord has pulled you out of that dark place. And the mercy of Christ is going to be seen in your life and your testimony is, He did what I couldn't do. That's my testimony. He did. He did what I could not do myself. He did it. My God. He did it. My Savior did what I could not do myself. Are you kidding me? 
You see, this is a house of mercy. Come here, man. This is a house of mercy. And you're going to be a walking testimony. You're just going to breathe your story onto people. And you're going to give hope in places that don't have hope. Because a man that came from a place of hopelessness into a place of hope has something to testify of. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just declare this man will prophesy of your goodness. He will hunt down those bound in closets and pull them into the light. So in Jesus' name, I release power in Jesus' name. Power! Power! In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Come on, man. Come on! Your God is alive right now. And he's waiting for somebody to accept the call to prophesy. To release the mercy of God on earth. You know, this, I, I love this place. I've prophesied over so many people and there's so many stories. Come on, man, there's so many stories. There's so many real life stories. Amen? I was remembering the, one of the first nights I was here, I, call, I called this young lady out and I started to prophesy about a prisoner in her life. And she goes, my boyfriend's in prison. My boyfriend's in prison. This, this young man was the boyfriend. And when he got out, I, was, I, I showed up here like four months later, he gets called out. And suddenly this guy who was the prisoner that was prophesied over her, he gets totally whacked in the Holy Ghost. His life gets turned around and now he's breathing fire everywhere he can possibly breathe fire. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, prophecy. I I wish that you all would prophesy. Paul wasn't just saying that like, hey guys, there's an option for you here that you might like. I wish you all prophesy. No. He's saying, I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. I've seen people pulled out of dark places. I've seen the supernatural because prophecy flowed through me. I pray that you all prophesy. That's my prayer for you. I pray that you all prophesy. Amen. Amen. You see, a lot of you have dark things in your life and you're, you're wanting a guy like me to show up. And I love to do what I do. But here's the deal, guys. You see, when you get equipped with the spirit of prophecy and you begin to see in the spirit the junk and the thing that thinks it has you weighed down for the rest of your life, and suddenly this, this prophetic utterance begins to rise up in you. And you, you begin to think no more. No more brokenness. No more shame. No more inability to stop alcoholism or what, whatever it is. And this thing begins to flow out of you and begins to fight the dark thing. Right? Prophecy that flows out of anybody is the same. If it's from the Lord, if the vision is from the Lord then whatever you prophesy, the darkness cannot withstand the light. Amen. 
Here's the difference between prophecy and the Bible. You can go, you can open the Bible and start picking out scriptures and think you're going to pray them. And that thing that you picked out is going to happen. And the reality is that's not true. Although the Bible is true, that doesn't mean you selected the right scripture for the right time and the right moment in the right place. Even a dead clock is right twice a day. Twice a day. You can get lucky picking out a scripture once in a while. But if you have a prayer life, if you have a prayer life and you get one vision, you think the Lord doesn't know your particular instant and issue that you're dealing with right now? If you get one vision, that's probably the most important thing that the Lord thinks you need to deal with at this moment. And if you align your heart with that vision and you begin to speak in that alignment, His vision is always right. Listen, Paul said this, he said, he basically said um, that we see in part in prophecy. Okay? But here's the deal. The part that He lets you see is always right. You may just get a piece, and then there's another piece, and there's another piece, and there's another piece. And that scripture is taken out of context a lot of times, thinking that that's what downplays the value of prophecy, because it's just a part. But here's my experience. When I have faith to believe the part He showed me, then He shows me another part, then He shows me another part, then He shows me another part. And my life begins to unfold in this way, in the north, the south, the east, and the west. And pretty soon, I'm taking places and land that I didn't own before. That's, that's what I know about prophecy. And that's why He sends me places to do this. Because His voice, and that's the essence of the book, guys. I pray that you, get, that you read it, not for, for my purpose. Read the book and just dwell in the value and the essence that His desire is to speak to you. And that what He speaks to you is purposed. That it will write the vision. You heard the man say, write the vision. The vision He gives you, write. You ask my wife, I have, I have a, the first book I wrote was all the visions that He's given me. Okay? Every week I'm sitting writing. I, ha- I, have, I have vision after vision. And every couple of weeks I will go back as the Holy Spirit leads me. Go back and visit the vision I gave you two years ago about this situation. And I begin to, I do, I, I begin to fervently pray the vision that the Lord took me to two years ago that applies to a situation today. Amen? My whole life is centered on the voice of God. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know the voice of God. Well, until you actually give yourself in prayer, in spiritual prayer, and you learn His voice, you've got to stop living a fooled life anyway. Anybody can pick up the Bible and read it. But it says that He talks to friends. He says, my sheep know my voice. Are you with me? You're to be voice-driven. The problem with the church today is that you're Bible-driven. And oftentimes, when you try to take the Bible and apply it to your life, there's there's scriptural principles that apply no matter what. Like what Cricket was talking about in tithing, it applies no matter what. But oftentimes in our own flesh, we try to pick and choose out of the Bible and try, try to think that that's the right thing at the right time in the right place. But oftentimes it's not. And then people get mad at God 
because they thought it's in the Bible and therefore it applies to their life specifically at that time. And then your whole trust process gets blown out of the water because you didn't follow his way, which is to enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise to enter into a prayer life to hear his voice and his voice would lead you into the supernatural including deliverance including healing including provision including all things amen you guys okay you with me you see there's a uh, a lot of you've been trained in church in places that really clothed you in something that you weren't supposed to be clothed in Jesus sent one thing, Luke twenty four forty nine. He says, wait in the city until I send the Holy Spirit upon you and he will clothe you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. You guys led by the Spirit? Let me read a scripture to you. And then we're going to pray. First uh, Samuel seventeen thirty eight to forty. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones out of the brook. Put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with the sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Does anybody have a giant they're facing in their life? Come on, man. You facing a giant? I can't be the only one in here facing giants. You see, you've tried to put other people's armor on. Other people have tried to put their armor on you. But wait, what does Ephesians 6 say? Ephesians 6 says that the armor of God, you know, that breastplate thing, that sword thing. Ephesians six seventeen it says, above all things, take all these weapons and the sword of the spirit, which is the word. You know what that word means? The rhema, the vision, the dream, the prophecy. What he speaks to you is the armor. David didn't trust in anybody else's armor. He didn't dress himself up or allow anybody else to dress him to make, to make, to look religious. Well, if it worked for Benny Hinn, it's going to work for me and I'm doing exactly what Benny Hinn did. Uh-uh. No, no, no. You have to trust what you run to the river and pull out. You see, because Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the living stone, the one true stone, he promised you that if you run to the Holy Spirit, That the five smooth stones that David pulled out of that river, visions, dreams, prophecy, is what he relied on. He actually took off all of Saul's stuff that made him look like a soldier. You see, there's a lot of people in church that got the walk going on. They're looking all righteous. They're looking like they got it all going on. Tell me what Jesus spoke to you last night, this week. What are you dreaming about? What are you facing? And what is Jesus talking to you about in your dreams and visions? You see, you got to run to the river. 
You actually have to take off all this fake junk that you've relied on, that made you look righteous, that made you look like you were on top of things. Worldly stuff, church stuff, whatever it is. And you literally have to run to the river of the Holy Spirit. Your prayer life is the, of the utmost importance in your whole walk with Christ. I don't care if you come to church once a month. But if you run to the river, if you run to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you all the equipping to take down giants. Right? Didn't, 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 didn't the power of the Holy Spirit come upon David? And it says this stone. How, the, how in the world does a boy kill a giant with a stone? You see, you have to understand that stone... Isn't Jesus known as the cornerstone? See, Jesus is the ultimate stone. You see, we have Pharisees thinking they're all self-righteous and stuff, pumping themselves up. And they want to take stones and they want to kill people with it, which is completely opposite of David who ran to the river. He ran to the brook called the Holy Spirit. He reached into it, meaning that you have to actually search things out with the Holy Spirit. You've got to hunt down what He's saying to you. You've got to value it so greatly. I, people come up to me all the time. How do you see? How do you have visions all the time? How can you stand in front of people when He speaks to you about every person? Well, I can tell you about my prayer life. Why don't you tell me about your prayer life? Tell me about how you search Him out in the nighttime. Tell me about how you give attention to Him over that bebop music show or MTV or whatever it is that you entertain yourself with. Yeah, but I have all these problems. Well, listen. Listen, man. Listen. Tell me about how you're searching out stones from the river of the Holy Spirit. Because I know this young man named David who took off everything the world had to offer him, and he ran to one place. He ran to the river of prophecy. He ran to the power of the living stone. He reached into the Holy Spirit. He searched. Can you picture him searching? Ah, 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 ah! I got a stone that kills giants. I got a vision that takes down depression. Come on, man. I got a vision that takes down poverty. I got a vision that pulls guys out of closets. I got a vision that unlocks prison doors and launches people in the ministries. Come on, man. Is there anybody who says, I will take off the clothes that the church has put on me, that the world has put on me, and I'm going to run to one place called the river of the Holy Ghost? You know, it can't be that simple. The church has complicated the whole thing, but can it really be that simple? Jesus says, stay here, and I'm going to clothe you in the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. Luke 24, 49. You should actually write, you should actually, those, those who have tattoos, you should erase the one you have on you. And if you're going to wear a tattoo, Luke 24, 49. Stay in this city and I'm going to clothe you 
like I clothed my son David, the one who takes down giants, and I'm going to equip you in something so supernatural that everywhere you walk, I see a stone for that man. Everywhere you walk, I see a stone for that girl. I see a stone. I see a stone that kills giants and not people. Come on, man. I'm telling you. The power of the Holy Ghost is so supernatural. I can't live without the Holy Ghost. I can't live without the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something so crazy? How the Lord drilled this into me. My wife and I got moved away from our church. We were all alone for a season by ourselves. Where I had to learn to trust in nothing but the Holy Spirit. I heard his voice so clearly, but I also heard my enemy's voice so clearly. I had to be able to decipher between that's the Holy Ghost and that's the lie of the devil. And after a year of daily testing of who's speaking to me, the Lord says, I'm moving you back to the place I brought you out of. Guess what the address was where he sent me back to? Five Stonebrook Drive, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Are you kidding me? Because I called you as a David. And I'm here to establish you as a testimony that you, your address is Five Stonebrook Drive. And I'm here to tell each and every one of you your address. Are you with me? I have an anointing to stamp an address on you, and it's called Five Stonebrook Drive. Five Stonebrook Drive, baby. Five Stonebrook Drive. Are you crazy? That that that's not real. That that's not possible. But you see, you have to have a willing heart and a revelation that if Jesus' desire is to give you one thing, and that's called the Holy Spirit, but you're sitting over here trying to achieve the Bible. It can't be that simple, can it? That you just run to that brook to get five stones. Five is the number of grace. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what situation you're in in life, if you run to the brook, He's going to give you grace to conquer what's in front of you. You guys are going to conquer what's in front of you. Come here, young lady. There's a gift of prophecy so strong in you that you're going to shake places where you go. And it's going to be birthed out of you tonight. For years, you've been caught in this thing that's not really you. And I believe that when you make this declaration, there's going to be something supernatural birthed in you. So say this with me. I was born to prophesy. Say it like you mean it. I was born to prophesy. Say it like you mean it, girl. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Phil! Phil in Jesus' name, Phil! (laughs) 
Come on, man. There's a religious thing breaking off of you right now. Jesus is doing a work in you. You were made to prophesy, girl. You were born to prophesy. And I declare over you, your address is 5 Stonebrook Drive. Jesus! Say this with me. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Come on. I was born to prophesy. I was, I was born to prophesy. 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 Power! born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Come on, can you feel it? I was born to prophesy. 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 Come on! I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Wow! I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. I was born. I was born to prophesy, Lord. Wow! Say it, I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Come on. I was born to prophesy. Bill. I was born to prophesy. Bill. I was born to prophesy. 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 Come on, man. I was born to prophesy. Come on, I was born to prophesy. 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 Come on. I was born to prophesy. Come on, man. Come on. You were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy! Come here! Say it. I was born to 
prophesy. Phil! <laughs> I was born to prophesy. That's right. I was born for prophesy. Phil! I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. says no matter what you've done you're forgiven doesn't matter he's washing it clean no matter what you did he's reaching in and he's pulling you up the liberator has put his arm around you that guilt and shame that haunts you it's leaving it's leaving it's leaving I command guilt and shame and never measuring up to leave now in Jesus name and I decree over you peace I decree peace that thing that haunts you when you lay down and shut your eyes it'll never haunt you again because I see Jesus posting angels in the four corners of your room. That's how much He loves you. So I release this grace of forgiveness upon your life. Fill Holy Ghost. You are forgiven, says the Lord. You are forgiven. Come on, say it. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Come on. I was born to prophesy. The Lord says he's given you an eye to see snakes. 
And you're going to chop off the heads of many snakes, says the Lord. The prophecy that comes out of your mouth is going to break the heads of serpents. So say it with me. I was born to prophesy. 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 Phil! Guys, say with me, I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Come on. I was born to prophesy. Come on. I was born to prophesy. Be filled in Jesus' name. Be filled in Jesus' name. Fill. 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 this whole group to declare at the same time I was born to prophesy. Born to prophesy. Come on. This city is going to hear this church. Born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. I was born to prophesy. Phil. 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 born to prophesy young man this awakening is going to come out of your own mouth says the Lord the awakening of the Holy Spirit is going to come out of your own mouth so say it with me I was born to prophesy I was born to prophesy come on man I was born to prophesy I was born to prophesy I was born to prophesy for this. Say it with me. I was born to prophesy. 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 I was born to prophesy.
was born to prophesize. I was born to prophesize. However you say it. I'm saying it right, y'all, right? I was born to prophesize. (laughs) You had amazing deliverance last night, didn't you? That tormenting thing removed out, delivered, peace all day long. So you believe in prophecy. He convinced you. He convinced me. That's right. He convinced you. Because I said, how, how, did he, how did he know? He knows everything. He told everything. <laughs> you were born to prophesy, girl. I was born to prophesy. Phil! <laughs> Come here. I was born to prophesy. 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 stand up with me. Come on, this is going to be a supernatural church. Not just a couple people that hear the Lord and have visions. The whole church is going to dream dreams and have visions. That's what the Lord's vision is for His church. That His sons and daughters would dream dreams, have visions, and prophesy. That's not me. That's the word of the Lord, Joel 2.28. That my sons and daughters would have such amazing dreams and visions that they would prophesy. That's His will for your life. You feel the weight of the presence of God upon the revelation of you in relationship with Him? Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank You for aligning my heart to Your vision for my life. That I would dream dreams. That I would have visions. And that I would prophesy the living Word of the Lord. Spirit of prophecy, come upon me now. Spirit of prophecy, come upon me now. Speak to me tonight, Lord. And I will prophesy your vision. In Jesus' name, amen.